Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Having a relationship where we didn't really argue that much, we didn't really go through that, and we kind of just lived our lives. We didn't learn how to do that with each other. Uh, so then when like it got really bad, we're like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you still love the person. So that makes you hold some more of it inside because you don't want to hurt them. But then times come up where you purposely hurt them and regret it instantly. And it's just like this back and forth. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. We are starting something really special here on the podcast, and I'm so glad that you are joining me on this journey for the next several weeks because I have some amazing guests lined up. Let me start first by saying that I am so excited for my book to be coming out on September 12th. I have received messages for years asking me when I am writing a book, and I'm so excited to say that it is finally here. My book is called I Didn't Sign Up for This. A couple's therapist shares real life stories of breaking patterns and finding joy in relationships, including her own. The book focuses on teaching you how to move out of codependency or a hyper reliance on independence to build healthy interdependence in your relationship so that you can feel good and close and connected with your partnership. There is one thing that continued to be true sitting across from so many of my clients is that over time I kept hearing them say, I didn't sign up for this. So the book focuses on four real couples inside of my therapy room. I wanted to share these stories for two reasons. One, because we don't see just how hard relationships are. And I wanted to remove that shame and stigma that so many of us feel in those depths of those harder seasons. And two, because we learn through story. I also added in my own relationship, my own marriage in the book. As I was writing these stories, it felt like such a miss to leave my story out of it as if I am not human, just like you, with many of the same struggles. To find out more about my book, head over to drtracyd.com forward slash book. When you pre-order the book, I'm going to be sending you some really exclusive pieces that are going to help you navigate those tricky moments 
in your relationship. So when you pre-order the book, you will receive an email. Once you fill out the form, you will receive my scripts for difficult conversations. It is a step-by-step guide to help you tackle those hard conversations that we are not having in our relationship. So in the coming weeks on the podcast, I'm sitting with real couples talking about their relationship. The stories that maybe we don't always get to see on social media. And from where I sit in my therapy chair, I'm often seeing people struggling with the fact that they're struggling or questioning if what they're experiencing is normal. We don't talk about the resentment or disconnection or how we flow through seasons of, you know, I'll see you later or I'll see you soon, like those that we experience in those early newborn stages and those busy seasons of parenting. I have a fantastic lineup of guests coming in the next few weeks, and I can't wait to share these sessions with you. So let me introduce to you today's guests. Sean and Rini have been married for almost eight years. They have one daughter, she's two and a half, and another daughter on the way. Sean is from Alberta, Canada, and works in the technology sector and runs the Instagram account at Own It Dad. And Rini is from Germany, and she moved to Canada after meeting Sean while they were both in Australia. Rini runs her own business on social media. Her handle is at Own It Babe. I have been following Rini for quite some time and have always appreciated how open she is about her mental health, about the struggles around her body image, and also the conversations that she has opened up around being in a relationship and those seasons of resentment after having a child. Today, we go into their own season of difficulty after having a baby, how they navigated through it and some of those key strategies that we can all use in our relationship. Let's jump into today's session. Hi. Hello. Nice to officially meet you both. I'm doing a mini series on the podcast right now where I'm sitting with real couples and we're talking about how we are navigating our relationships. And It's really interesting because so many people don't talk about their relationship. What we're noticing on social media, and I'm sure both of you notice this, is we're more open to talking about our parenting struggles when our little one is having a meltdown or you're in the middle of Costco and it's like you've got to pick up the screaming toddler running out, right? I'm sure you know that experience with your little Uh one. And then we're also more open to talking about mental health. And both of you have been doing such a great job in terms of showing up online, sharing these really real conversations. And yet I have been looking for the past years of the couples who are showing up saying, we've hit this really hard moment in our relationship. And I think we hold a lot of shame around talking about those hard moments. And yet I think everybody hits them at some point. So this is where you guys come in of talking about very real and very normal relationship experiences. And maybe that's a place that we can start. What are some of those seasons or struggles even that you guys have gone through in your relationship? It's interesting because when we first like started dating, living together, and then even when we were engaged and like newly married, we barely fought. Like we would maybe fight and like get in arguments sometimes, but it never really lasted longer than a few minutes. So we just kind of thought that we were like that couple. It's like, oh, this is easy. Like we just, we found the right person. We have nothing to worry about. (laughs) 
But then once we had Zoe, I think that really mm-hmm. changed, right? Yeah, I think with Zoe, we hit our first very real rough spot where before we would just think that maybe other people are going to go through struggles when they have kids, but we're going to be totally rock solid. But then, yeah, Zoe was born and it kind of just threw everything because we had been together for so long before having her too. I think maybe played into it because we've been dating since 2010 and we didn't have her till 10 years later. So there was a long time of just it being us. Um, And it just kind of shifted all the dynamics. And all of a sudden, we realized that, you know, we're both being passive aggressive to each other. And we were starting to keep score on who's doing what and who's doing, you know, the bedtime and who's getting up with the baby at night. And we both felt like each of us was doing more than the other person, which we didn't realize till we actually talked about it. But at the time, Both of us held so much resentment because we felt like we were doing more of our share to kind of make up for what the other person isn't doing. And we started being really mean to each other. Yeah, I think it was also we both felt like we were sacrificing more than the other person or the other person wasn't appreciating the sacrifice the other one was making. I had quit like a very high paying job that I'd worked a long time to get to because we because of multiple reasons. But a big part of it was like we needed to move and be close to family because we we're having a child. And then Rinny's career was like taking off and similar, but neither of us articulated that we felt that way. So mm-hmm. then it just, yeah, yeah all those things on. kind of piled on. Yeah. Yeah. You, you talk about such a common experience though. This is like internalized experience. Like I'm doing so much. I'm sacrificing so much. You don't see it. Are you even on this page with me? And do are you even sacrificing anything? And then that that piece there around the resentment that was showing up, which is such a real experience. I think that was the real that you shared that I jumped out of my chair. I was like, someone else is talking about resentment. And, and, and truthfully, it, it was, I, I really connect to that story of feeling so rock solid as a couple that not really understanding or being prepared for what was going to happen after. And and that is exactly what happened with Greg and I in our own relationship as well. We were together for so long and then having a child just completely throws you for a loop. Yeah, it does. There's a sleep deprivation too that plays into it. My mental health wasn't great. Um, and I think it was really hard for Sean to show up and support me when he was already holding all this resentment. And then when you don't talk about it, it just builds up in each of you. I just remember we had that really big moment where we sat in the car. I think it was maybe Zoe was eight months old and we were like, are we going to make it? And that was just wild because we both had never doubted our relationship before that. So that would be the roughest season, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, in our relationship. But Having had that talk in the car also made us then reach out for help. And we went to couples therapy and we're in the best place ever now, but it took work to get there. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, 
There is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoccom slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom and instead my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me. And these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's shrink, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried 
read about commitment, enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. Having a relationship where we didn't really argue that much. We didn't really go through that. And we kind of just lived our lives. We didn't learn how to do that with each other. Uh, so then when like it got really bad, we're like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you still love the person. So that makes you hold some more of it inside because you don't want to hurt them. But then times come up where you purposely hurt them and regret it instantly. And it's just like this back and forth. Yeah, when we went to that therapy session, it was like both of us just sat there. And for some reason, telling a third person, I never understand that just like takes away all the anger and you just like letting it out. And after that first session, we both just like looked at each other like, oh, I had no idea you felt that way. Mm-hmm. And like, it just opened up the discussion. And that was the biggest yeah. piece. Yeah. It's that experience of witnessing that someone else is there to hear it and to see it and to make it real, right? To make that like the pieces that you're struggling with and that pain. And I think what you're talking about there, Sean, is we show up with so much anger and and that's where that passive aggressiveness comes from. That's that resentment. But then underneath that is just that like pain of feeling so disconnected. And it's like, do I matter to you? Am I even important to you anymore? Am I even enough? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it gets you thinking down that path, like in those dark moments, you're like, I don't want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. like this is, this is that couple you see on TV, like on a TV show. And you're like, why are they together? Yeah. And you didn't sign up for this. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, you're like, this isn't what I want the rest of my life to be. And I don't understand. I don't even remember what it's like to not be in this. And that's like a pretty dark spot that yeah. I remember. I think when you're in it, you can't imagine it ever being okay again. That's how I felt is we're in it so deep that I don't think we're ever going to get out of it. But there's always a way out. That's kind of my takeaway from it. And I think now that we have our second kid on the way, we're a lot more prepared to just start talking to each other right away. I say that now. Who knows what's going (laughs) to happen once the baby's here? But you are different people than who you were before. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And we've been through all of this already. So we took our lessons from it. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, we can navigate it better this time around. But yeah, there is always a way out. Sometimes it doesn't work out for people. And for us, it did. And I'm really, really glad that it did. Um, But it definitely, definitely took some work. And it took some time too, because it was eight months of like this huge buildup of emotion. So then it took a while for us to actually find, you know, find our groove again in our relationship. But I do feel closer to you now than I did before Mm -hmm. after going through all that. It's in a different way. Yeah. I'm curious. So one of the common things that show up for people is that feeling of why do I have to be the one to take the first move and actually crossing the bridge to each other? Was that something that you had to battle with internally or was the therapist there to kind of nudge you forward on doing that? Um, so it's actually interesting because we neither of us ever want to take like take the first step. I don't know your reasons, but for me, I'm just like, I don't know, I go through this ridiculous internal battle of like, why me? Like, I want to be upset. 
And if I have to make the first move, that shows that I'm less upset or I don't know what it is. So it's, it's quite silly. And I still struggle with Sean, but, but also, came, also so normal. So normal. One of the arguments it? my husband and I had the other day was there was a pencil crayon sitting in the hallway for several days. And I had said to him, I picked it up and I had said to him, you know, hey, and you know, hey, just because I'm a therapist, I don't always have the best communication <laughs> skills either, just to make that clear. But I was like, you know, just so you know, there was this pencil crayon sitting in the hallway. And his immediate response was, well, why do I have to be the one to pick it up? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so relatable. So relatable. Totally get it. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Rini? Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I think um, it's like, you're being really vulnerable when you take the first step. And I struggle with that. I feel like I should be the one. And maybe this is also like a gender thing that's kind of ingrained in us as women. It's like, we want, we want our partners to show up for us and fight for us or something. I don't know. It, it sounds silly when I say it out loud, but I think it's a mix of that. And then just being really stubborn, honestly, that makes me not want to take that first step. You were actually the one that reached out first. Um, Sean was the one that actually took that first step when we had that really big, you know, low, low up fight. Um, because I was also mentally struggling. So I'm really glad that you actually did take it. But yeah, we still with our little fights, our day to day fights. Now we both still struggle with that. And we both, you know, go way too long without taking that first step. This morning is the good example. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the story. So, yeah. And, and also was... too, like the, the, the idea that you can also come at some point and laugh about it, I think is so important as a strategy moving forward. Because what we do yeah. is we just get so serious, right? Like it's a pencil crayon on the floor. Oh. And, yeah. you know, in the big picture, what is that? But I want to hear your story. Yeah, yes. totally. It's so true. Yeah. This morning, Zoe woke up really grumpy. Therefore... I woke up grumpy, therefore Rennie woke up grumpy. And we're like having breakfast and Zoe uses this whiny voice and it's just the worst. And <laughs> I was like, hey, I need you to use your normal voice so I can know what you want and help you. And I kept saying it. And then Rennie came over and like got down beside her and I thought she was just going to do the thing that Zoe wanted. So I like snapped. I was like, hey, what are you doing? And then... And he's like, I'm just trying to support you and like try and say the same thing. So like I misread the situation. I snapped. Rennie snapped back at me. Yeah, you thought I was kind of disrespecting your parenting right. style right. in the moment, but I it just kind of crouched down <laughs> to her level to say the same thing he was saying to kind of like yeah. support him. So, so that was yeah. So nor like previously, I probably like so then we were kind of like just silent towards each other for like 20 seconds and like both frustrated. And normally, I probably would have waited like till the afternoon, till it was like super uncomfortable for everybody involved <laughs> before like I said anything. I still probably didn't take the best approach, but I was like, I apologize within probably 20 seconds. Still frustrated, but apologize. So then it wasn't that awkward half day of like silence and like mm -hmm. weird. It's like, okay, we moved past it. And like, yeah, now already it's like, fine, whatever. Yeah, you kind of get better over time at realizing this is just a really tiny thing. I can just move on with my life. This doesn't say anything about our relationship. It was just for the moment <laughs> type thing. And we can just move on. So, yeah. 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 That was a good example of like, we've come a pretty good distance mm -hmm. and that at least we can 
one of us will yeah, generally own up to it. Take the take the first step yeah. a lot quicker. Our egos love to show up in our relationships of like, I want to be right. I did this thing. Tell me I'm right. Really, you're wrong. And you're just gonna tell me I'm right. And that's what I want to hear. And yeah. yeah. That, it's so it's such a hard piece and, and it's that skill of actually learning how to repair. I often ask my clients, did you see your parents sh- show what that repair was, whether it was with each other as a couple or with with you as a child? And many of my clients tell the story of we we didn't see it. Either anger was explosive or someone slammed a door and walked away and we didn't didn't learn how to do it. And it, even when I think of my own marriage, that's one of the biggest things that I've come through is saying, you know what? I was super short right there. Let me take that back and try again. And then I'm also trying to show the kids like, yeah, sorry. You know, like saying sorry to Greg, to my husband and being like, I was short there. So they can see it through us. Oh, I love that so much, actually. I've never heard anyone say it like that. And I didn't see it with my parents. I know you had told me your mom would apologize to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she yeah. likes your dad, like, but my parents didn't fight in front of us really. <laughs> like that, like, you know, they'd have bickering and arguments, but everything just kind of went back to normal. So yeah. I never really saw how that happened. Same. Um, but one thing I did do notice, uh, especially as you were saying that is when we uh, like when we need to apologize or do something like that we know we could have been better at towards Zoe. It's like a zero second of like awareness and mm-hmm. apology. It's like, I am like dad screwed up or like I, it's instant like, with no thought mm-hmm. or no ego, anything. But then when it comes to the relationship, it's just so much harder, mm-hmm. which is so bizarre. And now that I just so realized true. that. Yeah. 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 It's almost sometimes feels like a competition of like, well, I, you know, I took the first step last time and with Zoe, I just, yeah, I'm the same way. I just kind of apologize right away if I, you know, am impatient or anything like that, which I guess is good because I never saw that from my parents growing up either. So I guess it's good to acknowledge that, but there's definitely work to be done (laughs) in our relationship for sure. I understand that as we hold expectations of our partners much higher than what we do of our children. And we're like, okay. You do such a great job of summarizing. (laughs) I'm just kind of rambling. And then you just put it in a really nice box and put a bow on it. It just makes so much sense. I love it. But yes, you're totally right. Yeah, right, right. So with our partner, we turn to them and we're like, you're an adult. Get over this. You're stressed. You know what to do. Come on. But then your children, right? Your child is like, I really wanted that cookie. And you're like, oh, I know. It's so hard, mm-hmm. right? You don't get to have the cookie. And let me give you a hug. <laughs> so true. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so you then had to do some work through that passive aggressiveness, through the resentment. What kinds of things did you learn or start putting into place to help you fight fairly? Or even just to fight in general, because fighting is normal. One thing that I found really helpful is, and our therapist taught us that, is to hold like a stuffed animal or something like that. Whoever's holding the object gets to talk and the other person doesn't get to interject. 
Um, and it just helped us kind of sit down and have one person talk through their feelings. So once we've calmed down from the fight, we would sometimes be like, let's talk about this tonight. Let's just kind of move on from the fight right now and just talk about it tonight after Zoe's in bed or whatever. And we have a calm moment. And then whoever, whichever person holds the object gets to talk. And the goal was not to defend ourselves. It's, it was to really hear the other person out as if, you know, a friend is telling you about their fight with their partner, you know, like you're just kind of taking a step back, try to take your ego out of it and just really listen. And then, uh, you know, the object would be handed to the other person, same thing. And we were able to actually talk through it. Um, that was a really, really helpful one mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And if it's something a little ridiculous, that helps break the tension a little bit. <laughs> like the object? Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely one um, that helps. The other thing, like the big thing was we approach these situations complete, completely different. So, and that, and we didn't realize it. So this was something we had to work on. So when we're in an argument or whatever it is, I need closure right now. Like I can't move on with my day until I have closure. Like my day's ruined until that's solved. And Rini is very opposite where she's like, I can't deal with this right now. I need time to digest it. And of course, those two people marry each other. Always. Yes. Yeah. Right. One, one needs so. to be close and the other one's like, give me the space. You just have to give me yeah. the space. So h- how do you guys negotiate that? Because that is this common yeah. struggle. So looking back at it, like 50% of the arguments and fights we had were like minor, but our lack of understanding and how we dealt with them just ballooned them because I didn't understand what she wanted. So when she'd be like, I don't, I can't talk about this right now, I would just get more upset. And then when I would keep pressing being like, let's go like, like, talking through it and continue pushing forward, she would get more upset, it would turn this little thing into this big thing. So I think what helped was like, having a therapist, have us explain what, like, why, how do we do? How do we envision this? Why do we do it? And then me understanding that Rini isn't not wanting to talk about this because she doesn't feel it's important or anything like that. It's more, she's not in the mindset to have a real conversation about this and kind of vice versa. So I think we haven't really done much other than understand the reasoning and then try and find kind of a middle ground. So what we do now is if something happens and then she needs to take a break. It's up to her to restart it because that is kind of the big thing mm-hmm. is I need time. And then it's like, okay, you let me know when and we'll move forward. Mm-hmm. But one thing, and I'll say this because when I listen to podcasts or people talk about this and the way they talk about it, I envision it. And I'm like, that is like, how do you do that? It's not like these are super calm, like, we're in it. And then she's like, I need a break. I'm like, okay, Hey, you know what? Just like, let me know when you need time. It's not like that. Like, it's like, (laughs) you're still frustrated. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, you find me. Like, it's still like, just for some realism, it's not like this perfectly scripted thing where it's like, okay, no problem. And like passing the bear back and forth. Isn't like this super 
like, hey, yeah, it's your turn to talk. I'm really appreciative of the words you're saying right now. Like, it's not like that. Like, no, we still have to try really hard to take our ego out of it. And we still, I still tend to defend myself, even though I know that you just want to be heard in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's very imperfect. These are just, you know, a few tools that. But it it works and it gets better every time. Yeah. Just like it. Yeah. That's kind of how we navigate that part of it. Well, and I think that's important though, is, and then Sean, I so appreciate that because I know so many people are like, oh, okay, sure, Dr. Tracy, I'll just speak like that to my, to my partner and then it'll work. And it's, you know, no, because we're humans and emotions are surging through our bodies. And we kind of go back to that like childlike state of like, I want this now, give this to me now. Mm-hmm. And it just isn't perfect. And, you know, I think what you're saying in some ways is this like, um, a willingness to be messy and to know that you are committed and you're in this together and that we're going to work through it, even though it feels really hard and sticky in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's still messy, but yeah. it's just about kind of showing up every day. Yeah. And most days are great. <laughs> yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. A lot of people come with the challenge of what should we do in terms of building our family? And we don't know if we, if our relationship is going to go through this again. It was so hard for us the first time. What were some of the conversations and sticking points that you guys had around having another baby? Because you're, how many weeks are you now? I am uh, 35 weeks. So five weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually funny because I was like very one before kids. I wanted to, and we had a kid and I'm like, I just want one. And Rini was like, I don't want kids. Then one kid now she went to. So very different. I'm very like, I don't know the right word, but like pragmatic, pragmatic on like making decisions. So and he was very like, I think like we should talk about having a second. So we talk about it and everything I would come up with is I'm like, explain to me why we need to like do a pros and cons list and like all this stuff. She's like, people don't do this. They just like want a baby and they have a baby and they love it. And like, that's the thing. Um, so we like kind of started in like opposite ends. Um, and then, yeah, then we had some like, very like serious discussions and a lot of mine like reasons why I just wanted one uh almost all of them were like very selfish as like as a couple so it's like our relationship is in a great place right now do we want to like poke the poke the bear on that Mm -hmm. and things like that so that's where we started and we I think we did it in a pretty good way looking back Mm -hmm. um it's like did our pros and cons to each other and didn't press. Like it wasn't like, well, what about this? It was just like, let's listen to each other and let's like leave this conversation. And then we came back like a day or two later. I think it was a week later. A week later and kind of reiterated what the other person said to make sure we understood it and then gave our thoughts on that. And it really, it helped because the things that I was concerned about, you understood, acknowledged, and we kind of came to a plan. Now, we all know what happens with plans, but at least we have a plan this time where it's like, mm. if someone's feeling this way, 
let's instantly bring it up and talk about it and go in this direction. So that eased a lot of my, you know, concerns or worries. Um, but I think that's, that's how, what has worked for us. Yeah. 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 Cause I think what you meant earlier, what you're meant to say was that for me, what I see on social media mm-hmm. is that yes. couples just want to have a baby and they're both totally on the same page and they both want two kids or they both want three kids. And then they just do it. And they don't have these conversations where one person wants it and the other one doesn't. So that was tricky to navigate, but yeah. Um, basically everything you said, (laughs) Um, having that list and having these conversations is kind of what got us to that place. And I think um, like maybe two weeks after that, you kind of came to me and said that, Mm -hmm. you know, let's do this. And it wasn't that all of a sudden you really wanted this, but no, it was for me, what like the the thing that turned it was my reasons on why I wasn't thinking we should, it were very like, again, selfish and in a good way but like for us as a relationship for us as a couple and and things like that and your reasons for wanting another um were opposite of that but when i compared them i was like the regrets on one side outweigh the potential regrets on the other so it became like a very i would never like uh hold it against her if we decided to have uh, a second and a relationship went through struggle, because we made that decision on our own. And I would never like resent you for that. Mm. Whereas the potential for resentment of not having a second child and Rini being able to say that that was a worry of hers, it's it, that she would resent us. Not, I'm like, this is an, it's an easy equation for me. Like I mm-hmm. love being a dad. So mm-hmm. it's not that. So that was like, I it was those kind of like difficult, very, open discussions that mm-hmm. kind of got us there. The one thing I found funny, I still find funny is like, I, again, I'm very pragmatic. So I'm like, this is how things work. And Rini is very, I don't know the right word. Um, I don't know. Romantic. Yeah. very. <laughs> she like romanticizes things. So like, she's like, oh, I want to live in New York because like on sex in the city, they just like, like have this beautiful apartment and they just like hang out on the little fire escape. And I'm like, that's not reality. And then like, I'm like, you live in New York and you live in this shoebox and it's terrible. Or like as an example for yeah. some people. And then this was similar. And then, and then you did a post about it. And the amount of people in the comments were like, oh yeah, we had the same conversation, mm-hmm. same thing. It's like, oh, the romantic, they just know. Yeah, they some just people know do, and then they have a baby. Some but, people do, but most people. But lots of people go through the same thing. and mm-hmm. like, For yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's the age-old thing of what you see on social media isn't the whole picture. Or or TV or movies. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Yeah. I was just funny. Yeah, no, it is funny. Eh? It's like, okay, this there's this great idea and we think it just flows. And, and I think even our relationships, we think that relationships will just flow and continue to be in this honeymoon stage and we won't have to work at it and we won't have to have these serious conversations. And actually, it takes so much work. And I, mm. I, I, it's, it comes back to that, like one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series and the, tell the stories I, I do in my book, because I want people to see like, 
gosh, you're so normal. Like I sit in front of couples and I'm like, you're so normal. And I'm not saying that to discount like what the struggle is, but so that you know that you don't have to carry that shame with you, that this decision didn't just magically come to be, to you both, where you both like skipped along and were like, great, we're on the same page, right? Actually, like you're, you're so different. You're two different people. It's what attracted you to each other and how you each bring in your own strengths of that in a relationship is so cool. And it's super hard. Totally. Yeah, I love that. I love that you make people feel normal. Because I think that comes back to when you're going through a struggle and you think you'll never get out of it and you should just, you know, end it. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, that this is normal and that people go through it, maybe helps you push through that together. Right. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want. Yeah. And like remembering the season you guys are coming up to, it's not going to be that season of the deeper conversations because it will be the like trading off and we're changing diapers more and all of those other things. So what are you guys doing right now to prepare for the season? How are you filling up that relationship bucket or preparing for the sleepless nights? I don't even know. We're not doing that much. We're trying to have date nights Mm -hmm. um, as much as we can, which is probably every couple of weeks or so. Uh, My in-laws are here right now, which is awesome. Uh, They're always here during the summer months so they can help out. And yeah, just connecting at night, like doing our best. We're not always great at it, but when we can, we try and put our phones away at night and just kind of, you know, even watch a show together and be present together in the show is so much more of a connection. Mm than just hanging out on our phones together after Zoe goes to bed to decompress. Um, So things like that, just finding moments either during the day when we both work at home or at night to connect. I think that would be the biggest way we're filling up the bucket. I think it's actually good awareness to bring up because we're we're really filling up the Rini, Sean, Zoe bucket right now. Mm, The three of Like our biggest thing is... We want to like, this is the last time it's the three of us. And we want to make sure that, so we're, we're putting like a huge portion of mm-hmm. our efforts into making sure we're, we're filling that bucket and maybe, maybe forgetting the, mm-hmm. the couple bucket yeah. a little bit. I, I'm thinking of how bittersweet this time is, right? In terms of you as a family and you as a couple, and it can be really magical. And then also brings up that grief feeling of the change that's happening for individually for each of you and then for you as a family system and a couple. How do you, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is this idea of interdependence, which is you need to be your own autonomous self. And then you also need to practice that intimacy and connection. And we come together then to prioritize we, the us. How do you guys put that into place? And I'm, I'm even thinking of I mean, your reels are fantastic in terms of what you share of how you are playful and how you touch each other. But how do you how do you find we and us? What would you say for people to maybe practice? And I'm making this question a lot bigger, so I apologize. <laughs> we do a lot of the things we do, we do together. Yeah, like I'd say we're that there's so many different types of couples. We've like morphed into this couple that just does everything together. Um but we still have our own stuff going on. Yeah, we have our own yeah. stuff. It's it's not as often. And we also include each other in our own stuff more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and really it's, yeah, I don't know. 
just trying to include each other as much as possible. And we were different. You like to just spend, really just like spend time together. My love language is quality right. time. <laughs> so, so just coming to Home Depot, <laughs> like to me, this seems bizarre that she just wants to like sit in a truck and go to a store she dislikes just to spend time with me. Um, so like doing stuff like that. And for me, it's like, what well, I guess acts of service. Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you and doing stuff for me and me doing stuff for you. And then just trying to take like, for me, it's trying to pull myself out of the moment and remember the fun things we used to do. And I can try and bring those things in and mm-hmm. up randomly, whether it's like scaring each other or going for a walk, even though I don't like walking mm-hmm. or just little things that we used to do and just mm-hmm. trying to remind myself that we used to do that. And that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. But. Yeah, it does. It's the awareness yeah. of the other person and their love language and how they get their buckets filled up. And then even if it might not be something for me, I do it in service of us, right? So I'm going to give this to you because it fills our relationship bucket and it is that back and forth. Okay, I I would love to speak to you both all day because I just think you both have this self-awareness around your relationship, around connecting with each other and people don't get to see this, but you guys have a beautiful bond in terms of how you're looking at each other and ebbing and flowing back and forth. Um what would you want to leave people with in terms of if they are listening, thinking we're in a hard spot, what would you say to them as that one thing they need to do today or just to maybe hold in mind? For me, I can give like what I would have liked to hear is it may seem really hard right now. And like, I wish a friend would have told me this. It may seem really hard right now. And you may get out of it and you may not. But you need to remember that you love this person for a very specific reason. And everything you're feeling probably isn't exactly how you're like, in reality, isn't exactly how you're feeling it. And you need to find somebody to help you work with that person. Like if we didn't go to therapy. I don't know how things would have worked out, but just like one session changed like the whole course of things. So like that's a lot of things in one, but if someone could have articulated that I would have felt like a huge weight was off my shoulders and I'm like okay that's great it's they weren't just making me feel good they kind of made me feel bad but also good and they gave me a direction and made me feel like it's okay to reach out for help mm-hmm. that that would be it for me mm-hmm. yeah definitely what you just said and also whatever phase or chapter you're in right now it it won't be forever um it won't be this hard forever there's ways to get out of it. There always is. And like you said, sometimes it doesn't work out. And that's also okay. You know, it doesn't make you a failure. So just that knowledge that it will get better, but you do need to work together. And and both people need to be in it for the right reasons and the same reasons and, and be willing to work it mm-hmm. out. But it is possible. And I didn't think it would be at the time. Yeah, like when we were in it, I was like, I think this is it. This is it. Yeah. So, yeah. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. So. Here you are today. Rainy and Sean, thank you so much for sitting with me today and for sharing your story and being vulnerable and opening up about stuff that we don't commonly talk about. I'm so grateful. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us on. Yeah.
Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. See you next week. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.